0: All right, welcome to another Bergman Brothers broadcast. We're actually doing a podcast. We are two real brothers. I'm the younger brother, Lawrence, and uh, across the pond. It makes you sound more romantic. You're across the pond. Uh, oh. my, my older <laughs> brother, Jeffrey. And uh, we are two huge classic movie fans. Uh, two huge fans of TCM. That's why we decided to do this and uh, I mean, just our whole lives, we've loved classic films. We do. That's a great answer. Wow, that was great. <laughs> and I really like how you got into detail. That was really, <laughs> that was really great how you did that. Um, so, like you were saying, we're huge fans of Turner Classic Films. And you know, one of the things that I love about uh, TCM when they do, you know, the Star of the Month. And you get to see, you know, like this huge spectrum of films that, you know, that
1: Star of the Month did, you know, so you get to see them in all kinds of movies. And you know what today they did? A, they did. They didn't do a Star of the Month today. Um, they did director um, and it was Billy Wilder and Jack Lemon, you know, where they do these little, these just really cool little vignettes and. It was just amazing to hear, you know, like an actor talk about, you know, a director that he worked with. You know, that's good. I don't even know when they when they got Jack Lemmon to do that uh, for probably before he died. (laughs) Well, that's it, folks. Yeah. Good night for today. (laughs) Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Uh,
0: No, I (laughs) got Billy Wilder. My God. I mean, we could do a whole show on him alone. I mean, what an amazing career for a director! Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it was it was very very cool to uh, to to see that you know. Uh, and but but that's what I was saying it was really weird when he said this is Jack Nicholson for TCM and like I I mean it's been around for you know a while TCM you know so
0: yeah I think it premiered in ninety four so yeah you're you know it's coming up on its twenty fifth anniversary uh, so hopefully cool. they got something big planned for the twenty fifth. So this got me thinking, you know, when you get to see the star of the month and you get to see all the films they've been in, uh, how versatile some of these actors are. And I said to you, you know, why don't we do a show uh, just around like the most versatile actors who our picks are for kind of the most versatile people? I got to tell you, I had a really hard time with this. I changed. And we did not discuss
1: this. Am I right? We no, not at all. We have not talked about this. So I don't know. I don't know who you're gonna pick. I mean, I could, I could maybe guess. How to, I mean, are we gonna do like two or three? Or
0: I think. Well, you know, I I I got. It I have down two. To three.
1: Okay, I did three.
0: You did three, um, um, which is fine. You know, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be so rigid. Um. Yeah, I have no idea who you pick. You could pick Harpo Marx, which would have been a weird <laughs> guess, because he was pretty much similar in everything. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I just I had such a hard time, and I don't know if you did. Like, I literally two people I had on my list that I took off. Okay, you ready? Just so
1: I can tell you off the bat,
0: I had Cary Grant. I knew it. I and knew Catherine it. Hepburn on my list, but I took them off.
1: Okay, well, so now I'm now I'm I'm done because Cary Grant was the, that was the one I picked the, the number one pick for you. I figured you'd pick him because I know you love Cary Grant. I do. You're huge, you're a huge Cary Grant fan. So you um, got rid of him. I who'd did. You pick, who'd you pick? John Wayne? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, he he was versatile, but not that versatile. No, <laughs> no. I went with um. All right, so I'll go with my number three pick here, and. And you know what it is? I didn't think of him right away. And then something hit me and I was like, oh, my God, how did I miss him? Like, he really did a great uh, just a great series of films and all kinds of films. Henry Fonda. Um, you picked Henry Fonda? Yeah, because. Oh, my God. Who
1: are you? We never talk about Henry Fonda. Like three times in our whole life, we talk about
0: it. I, I can't. I, I can't change my mind. All right. I can't put, put somebody new. I realized that when I thought of the movies that he's done, uh, you know, I think of movies like, uh, of course, obviously, Grapes of Wrath. Great dramatic performance. Um, Oxbow Incident, which is like a great, you know, that's a great movie as well too. Um, and then of course his last film on Golden Pond. Um, and then he does a movie like The Lady Eve, which he is so funny in. That's the Preston Sturgis comedy with Barbara Stanwyck. He's hilarious in that movie. He's really funny. He played comedy well. And then I think of him in Once Upon a Time in the West, where he played the character Frank. Well, I and don't know that movie that. I is, don't know that movie that well. It is the he is the darkest character he has ever played. He plays so against type in that. And I mean, he's a killer, you know, and it's Sergio Leone film. And he's he's fantastic and he's absolutely like chilling in it. And I just realized I'm like that guy, you know, kind of floated a little under the radar. But he he was right there. He just made such a cool series of different films. I saw him in a movie called The Male Animal, which was kind of funny. He played a college professor and it was it was a funny movie. and He was really good in it. Uh, Olivia de Havilland it, it was in it as well, too. And How do you not
1: mention 12 Angry Men?
0: I, I, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like,
0: It just goes on. And, and then you know I love Finger. Failsafe. He was great in Failsafe. He's great in uh, Advise and Consent. He's great in that movie. It's a great political film. He, I'm just saying, Like, I think I needed some time. And then I was like, Henry freaking Fonda. That's
1: my boy. So Wow. That's
0: that's his, that's my number three pick. I'm well, you stuck
1: you stuck up behind me. I mean with that one. That I never would have thought you would have picked Henry Fine. But think wow. about it.
0: But think about it.
1: It makes sense. The guy had
0: a really cool, varied career. The guy could play Westerns. The guy could play drama. The guy could play comedy. Yeah. Like he really he just he's just somebody I don't always think of. And then I I realize I do like him.
1: Yeah, I think because maybe um You know, that was I think that was it after uh, on Golden Pond. Right. That was his last. Yes. 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 So, I mean, you know, he doesn't have that, you know, that one. I mean, Grapes of Wrath is. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's still that's still considered, you know, a, a great movie. But I don't know if, you know, if he's got that one film, you know, like that one Gone with the Wind Wizard of Oz. It's a wonderful life kind of thing that, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Clark Gable you know, I don't know how many Clark Cable films. You know, the average person. You know, that's a TCM fan can name, but I don't know that I can name more than five or six. You know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe half a dozen. You know, off the bat, right away, I could. But with Henry Fonda, I think it's a little, it's a little tough. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, 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 I'm down with that. He, he really is. Uh, he's really versatile. You know, he could be really intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, scary, cold. Um, And uh, but, you know, I I, 12 Angry Men is my favorite film he's ever done because he was he was he was like a leader in that. And yet he was really he was kind of sensitive and vulnerable and empathetic in that in that, you know, it's a really neat, neat role. Yeah, totally. um,
0: And I I don't want to put down his performance in on Golden Pond, because, you know, I think at the end it was a reward, not an award for a really good career. And they were like, you know, oh, boy, we better give it to him now. Uh, but his performance in, in 12 Angry Men, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Completely overlooked. Should have won.
1: got to uh, say a man is innocent till proven guilty. <laughs> it's the word guilty. That's the Henry Fonda word if you want to do it. Get, let's hear you do it. Go ahead. Guilty. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to even try. I'm, that's it. I'm not going <laughs> to try. So who else?
1: Uh, who do you got on your list? Well, I, I, you know, I went with two people because I picked one person that's a movie star. And then I picked somebody that is, was a movie star, but, but you think of as a character actor. So let's go with the movie star. You got a guess? You, you know it's, me pretty well. I, it's probably
0: – I'm thinking it's going to be my number one. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Stewart.
1: You, you would be wrong.
0: Ah, wow. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: I was, I was going to go with maybe Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant because they are incredibly versatile but I got to say Jack Nicholson is my guy and I'm going to tell you why. Going to tell you why. Going to tell you why. First of all, I know he's not, you know, doesn't have movies from the 30s, you know, uh, and the 40s obviously. He comes a little bit later. But I do have to say that this guy has has been able to play roles uh, you know, that are, I mean, he's a leading man in in Chinatown. He's a leading man, and something's got to give. Uh, you know, um, he is.
0: he's n- of the he, cuckoos now. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, that's he won an Oscar for that. I mean, The Shining, Batman. I mean, he plays the Joker, and you know, he had a ball with that. And like that, I think made people look at him a little bit differently when he did the Joker. I mean, the witches of Eastwick, you know, um, this guy, I, he, he, he really could do so much. And then, of course, I loved him in Haffa I think that's kind of like an underrated film, I have to say. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's Terms of Endearment. I mean, there's so many. So, By the many way, do you stuff. want to
0: laugh? I really just I, I literally he was on my list. He was one of my people because I remembered. I, I thought of all the great dramatic roles he did, and then I'm like, oh my god, he was so funny in terms of a dearman. He was yeah. like such welcome comic relief in a very heavy movie, and he was really funny in it.
1: Yeah, and you know when he plays it, you really—I mean—he plays empathy really well, and he's—he's he's flirty, you know. But I mean, he is—he is scary in *A Few Good Men*. I mean, and 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 the other reason I picked him is because, I mean pretty much anybody will know most of the, I mean, he's got some of the most memorable lines, you know, I mean, his, his breakout film, maybe you could say is easy rider, you know? Yeah. And then five easy pieces with the, you know, the, the lunch counter, you know, the, the, the uh, lunch scene, no, hold the, hold the toe, hold the chicken salad. You know I mean? That's like that people know that people know a few good men, you can't handle the truth. Um, You know, and which is and of course The Shining. Here's Johnny. He's got some of the most memorable lines uh, ever quoted on film in Hollywood. So, yeah, I think he's he's definitely my pick, and he's a movie star. And you know, sometimes movie stars kind of get pigeonholed, where they're you know they're more leading men types, and they play the same. I mean, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, are extremely versatile. But I pick Jack Nicholson. I think because he plays nutballs. You know, he goes. He really goes outside, you know, but then he just plays these adorable kind of cute, quirky, romantic roles in these
0: cute rom-coms. He was you know? funny in that movie. Um, oh, my gosh. Was it Meryl Streep? Heartburn? He was Heartburn. pretty funny. Yeah. He, he was, was pretty funny. funny, funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Was funny. I mean, I even enjoyed him in Mars, Mars Attacks, you know, when he, he was the president. You know, he yeah, just over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, yeah totally. Yeah. Um so now the other the other one I picked. Well hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Save it, save it, save it. Oh, okay, okay, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. So we'll go back. We'll trade. Yes, yes. I broke the, um, I broke the rules, folks. Yeah,
0: yeah. Please settle down. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's a great pick. It's a great pick. He he really was on my list. And I just I waffled on him too. You couldn't um, handle it. That's right. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. That's right. It's so bad. Um I ended up going with um,
1: George Raft. I, think I was George dead. Raft.
0: <laughs> I knew it. George Raft was half dimensional. He wasn't even one dimensional. The guy How did he know. get
1: offered every role in Hollywood? I mean, <laughs> he was offered the role of Jezebel and he turned it down. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> he really, you know, who else was a pretty bad actor? It was popular at the time. Uh, it was George Brent. Uh, Warner Brothers, just not a good actor. Oh wow. And he was in a yeah. lot of films. Did tons of movies. Yeah. And oh, my. you watch him today and you're like, wow, this guy just could not. I mean, he was, you know, good looking and dashing, and I guess that's all he had to be. Um so let me go to my second pick. I was trying to think of a of a really great actress. That's why I said I, I was close with Catherine Hepburn. I'm like, oh Catherine Hepburn's really she's kind of right there. She's a great but, pick, you know, she did a lot of comedy. I, but then I went, no, you know what, there's, I don't know. There was something that just wasn't closing the book on it. And then I went, you know who was incredible? And she's another actress that, you know, I was very famous, did a lot of great movies. Um, and she's kind of right at that top tier. She's kind of right under, you know, the Betty Davis, the Catherine Hepburn, the Joan Crawford is Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck oh, Barbara a very, yeah. incredibly versatile actress. I mean, think of her, you know, she plays the ultimate evil femme fatale and double indemnity. Just awful. That's my favorite role. That's it. And then she plays the vulnerable you know, invalid wife in Sorry, Wrong Number. Once again, the Lady Eve uh, that I mentioned with Henry Fonda, she's great in that movie. Um, She's even you ever see the movie Christmas in Connecticut? That's a really cute film. It's a nice holiday film. Um, And then of course, even later roles. That's the thing is that she was able to play like in the Big Valley. On television and then she did the Thornbird, she was really great in very
1: that. commanding, you know. She yes. had a commanding presence in those films. Yeah. Yep. And just, you know,
0: really made tons of really cool film noirs. Some of them, you know, low budget, some of them a little bit higher budget in the in the fifties. She just was a really great versatile actress. Um, and like attractive but not overly attractive. And I think that's probably what helped her too, is that she wasn't like distractingly good looking. Yeah, she wasn't Uh, strikingly
1: gorgeous. No, to distract. Distract. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good pick, I have to say. I think maybe she's maybe even a little underrated again because you know she doesn't have these you know enormous you know uh, you know epic type films. But yeah, that's a good pick. Wow.
0: Yeah, I, I just you know she does get you know overlooked. I I think when you look at just and she just kept making movies and movies and she made so many films. Uh, she made even a lot of interesting movies in like the early thirties, the uh, pre-code films that she was in. You know, before they they instituted the code, of, you know, of morality and all that nonsense. Uh, she just had a really interesting career. Stella Dallas was one of her classic films and classic roles. So you know, definitely someone that 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 was able to
1: play a lot of different roles. Yeah, she was Overlord. like. I mean, yeah. it was like you know, we, between her, Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty Davis. I mean, she was like the strong woman, you know. I
0: mean, yeah, Betty just didn't have a great. I don't know. Betty had a hard time with comedy. Um, You know, (laughs) she just was not. You know, uh, she was wasn't a knee slapper when you were watching her. I mean, she was kind of funny. uh, You didn't find
1: that scene in whatever happened to Baby Jane? And the (laughs) well, well, see now there now there she was kind of funny because she was campy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's really kind of. you kind of yeah. laugh
0: a little bit at it, but yeah, she just never comedy was never her real thing. But, um, there you go, that's it. Barbara Stanwyck.
1: Oh, that's a great pick, Lawrence. That's really good. Uh, well, it's funny, we did not pick the same second pick, but yet, in a way, it's very connected because I picked Fred McMurray and they were in double, obviously. So, uh, that they were each other's uh, co stars. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, Fred McMurray is. Is You know, I mean, they, they refer to him as the everyman, the guy next door, yeah. very straightforward. People said that, like, that was Fred McMurray. Like, he he was that guy. And there's this great story that Billy, Wild, Billy Wilder tells. Uh, he couldn't, you know, the, everybody turned down the role of Walter Neff in Double Indemnity. They just didn't want to play a murderer. Um, and they just that that was going to be great for their career. So he came to Fred McMurray. And... He he just does his imitation of what Fred McMurray said. He says, No, please don't do that to me. I, I can't I, I I just can't do that. And he says, And, and Billy Wilder says, You 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 can't do it, you're going to be wonderful and uh, you have to do it and you, it's going to be great, you know. And, no, I, I didn't know you did Billy Wilder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always finish with Billy Wilder in my stand up. <laughs> it kills him. Uh, But he did it and he was amazing, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, so he definitely played against type because he, you know, he was in all those rom-coms, those, you know, light comedies with Claudette Colbert, The the Egg and I and Paulette Goddard and, you know, Carol Lombard. And he wasn't a threat to those those big Hollywood, you know, uh, screen legends. So they love they love playing opposite Fred McMurray. And he didn't want to ruin that image. That was his that was his bank playing those kind of light comedic roles. But anyhow, uh yeah, and so That's an interesting and,
0: pick. Yeah. I mean, he had such a long
1: career. Yeah, a really long career. And 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 the other thing is, you know, after that, you know, then of course years later, Bill, Billy Wilder tells the second story that he he um he originally had um uh the role was was uh, of uh Mr. Sheldrake, um the you know, the uh the the uh, the manager, the executive in the apartment. Um There was an actor that um, I just can't remember the actor's name. It'll come to me. He he had a heart attack and died just a few days before the filming. So he didn't know what to do. So he said, ah, Fred McMurray, he's the ever man. He, He can do it. I know he can do it. And he went to Fred McMurray and he says, I've got this role for you. You know, and here it is about, a, you know, a, a boss, an executive who's having an affair. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's like Fred McMurray says, please, I can't do that. I I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't play that kind of a role. I, I just don't want to do that. And, of course, he convinced him to do it. And he did it. And he did a great job. He's awesome. Yeah, it. he is. He really is. He's so yeah. cold. He's so kind of cold, you know, and, and just cool in that movie. So, yeah, he played that movie. And then, of course, he goes to – and oh, and then he said to – he said to Billy Wilder, he said, I can't make that movie. He says, I'm in, I have a contract with Disney. I mean, I'm the absent-minded professor and the shaggy dog. And so people knew him, you know, for all those lovable roles uh, with Disney. And like, he didn't want to play that role, but yet it just made him that much more of, you know, a versatile actor. Had Had he not done those films, you know, I don't know. People would have never thought of him that he could play the heavy, but I guess, you know, there's a story that goes around that a woman saw him and said, you know, in a restaurant and said, you know, oh, you, yeah, you're Fred, you Fred McMurray. And he said, yes. And she said, I loved you with those shaggy dog and absent-minded role professors. But I, I took my daughter to see you in the apartment and I hate you. <laughs> Shame on you. You know, and like he never again took any heavy roles again. <laughs> but there you go. It shows you how
0: convincing he was. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, once again, he's like somebody I don't always think about, you know, I, you know he's he's a fun actor to watch. Um, and he usually does play it pretty light. Um, and I think that's why you're so kind of blown away by his performance in and Double He, just, he And he, really, made
1: the, he made it look easy. I mean, a, a role that he's not, it's not a primary role, but in the Kane Mutiny, you know, he's got a really cool part in that movie. And he, he just, does. He does. And you, you really... He's like a weasel. He's he like a... really is a weasel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, right. It's... I mean, yeah. It, it's like, wow, what a great uh, what a great casting that was for, for him to be in that, you know. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, the other reason that kind of fascinates me is he's one of the actors. This is I realize this is another segment, but he's one of these Hollywood actors that just his career just kept going and taking off. And, you know, eventually he's like the highest paid actor in Hollywood. But they say he brown bags it, you know, to the studio, <laughs> you know. Oh, just yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. He was really like an old school, you know, very down to earth kind of guy He was paid big money, uh, you know, in the 40s. And yet here he, he goes on to be like one of the most successful, you know, television, you know, dads uh, in the 60s. And in, in my three sons, he goes, the, he goes right into the. He's in the golden age of television and in uh, My Three Sons.
0: No, it's, it's, it's an amazing career. I mean, the, the idea, it just shows you, you know, that he was truly like in every movie. People just loved him.
1: Yeah. I don't, know? Even, I don't even know that we could name anybody. Maybe Barbara Stanwyck, uh, actually, you know, because she was uh, she went from a enormous movie career to doing television. Yeah, yeah, very
0: successful, obviously, in
1: TV. Yeah, it's pretty Uh, funny. Yeah,
0: that is funny. Yeah, I mean, some of those people, I think, listen, they saw, you know, okay, this is where it's headed. You know, they get these good roles, they're getting paid, it's consistent work, they're still out there. You know, why not, right? Uh, You know, and Barbara Stanwyck, you know, everything I've, I've read about her, she just wanted to work. She was restless, you know, she just needed to work. And that's what she loved.
1: She yeah. loved the work. And, and, you know, it's funny in those days, I, like you can you can you kind of sort of understand like the actors were afraid, actresses who were afraid to take certain roles because the public had a difficult time separating, you know, the, the movie persona with, you know, the person off screen like that. You had to be really careful roles that 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 you would take you know where as i think you know as 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 we got you know into the 70s 80s 90s you know i think actors and actresses you know they took on more parts it didn't really matter as much you know mattered but you know but you know you could take a role that you know you could take a role of somebody that you know was a mental patient you know and you you'd still be looked at as you'd be looked at as a great actor like wow you know
0: yeah, no, uh, Fred McMurray, nice. Nicely done. I'm going to give you some props on that.
1: Yeah, okay, um, I'll take that.
0: Once again, I, I, I would not have thought of that. I mean, my number one pick, and I already said it, and I, I just think he's just untouchable, is just Jimmy Stewart. I just don't think there's anyone that covers the ground <clears throat> as well as he does. And my arguments are, you know, am just going to name some films. You know, you have Philadelphia Story. He, you know, he, he's hilarious. In that one's an Academy Award. Then, of course, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, the most iconic performance, you know, in a holiday film ever. People are watching it, you know, 70-some years later. Vertigo, which is really, he's he's very creepy in that film. I mean, by the end of the movie, he's a guy that's lost his mind. He's completely, he's, he's out of his gourd. Um, then a movie like Harvey, where he's, he plays a guy that's a little off balance, you know, and thinks he sees, you know, a, a huge life like rabbit. Um, then you've got a movie like Winchester 73, which is a really cool Western. Um, and then called Northside 777, which is a really cool kind of half documentary film noir piece, which I love. Um, and then a movie that you introduced me two years ago, which I've always liked, The Mortal Storm, which, you know, one of these early films that takes on, you know, the, the rise of, you know, the Nazis. Um, and then of course, just all the Westerns and the anatomy of a murder. I'm sorry. I almost overlooked that. That's one of my favorite performances of his.
1: I love that movie too. I love that anatomy of a murder. That's a, it's a really neat movie. It is. It's mm-hmm. a great, and then, yeah. not, and then I didn't even mention rear window.
0: I, I just, you know, and then he made a bunch of fun comedies in the sixties. Um, he just, I, 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 just don't think there's anybody that really covers the ground that he does from Western to comedy, to drama, you know, to thrillers. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see anybody um, that did it as well as he did, you know, and I love So trust- and El, what,
1: what film do you think incorporates, you know, everything where he's a little romantic and, you know, he's, he's, um, I mean, we, you didn't mention Mr. Smith goes to Washington. There's so many movies of course, that, made that are like, so okay. iconic
0: it's 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 just, <laughs> it just it's, it's crazy
1: uh, yeah. um what's you know. the film you think that people like when they think of him most like is there it's, one film it's think? a wonderful
0: life i think has. I, I i just don't i i think because of you know people are still watching it every year Um uh, people are rediscovering that film um you know that it it, it's hard to really go up against that you know when when you're in you know one of the most if not the most iconic holiday film ever I, i i think that's the one that people go back to the most i'm not saying it's necessarily my pick um but i will say that you know when you just watch him in that movie and don't think about everything else that movie means he's incredible in it it's an it's an incredible performance you know it's vulnerable he's lovable um, you're rooting for him, um, you know. You're scared for him. He's he's very intense at times, uh, you know. I mean, it's just a really great performance across the board. I know you love Rear Window, and I think that's obviously a really awesome, all-encompassing performance as well, too. You know, he's funny at times. Um, he's doing it from the confines of a wheelchair and still makes it interesting. You know, it's a great performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I there's, there's and I don't think anybody that that loves classic films could, could uh, go into battle with you on, on that pick. I mean, he's, he's pretty amazing. I'm just trying to think like, what's the film that like, it it has everything. I mean, it's, it's almost like every single thing it was written. you, You can't imagine anybody else doing it. Like there's great. I mean, like Cary Grant was like amazingly versatile, but like, I could never see Cary Grant, you know, maybe, maybe I could see him in rear window. Like I could see him in rear window. I could see him in the cast. You know, being very jokey. Um
0: But Cary Grant really couldn't play Western.
1: That's the thing that's you know, he just
0: couldn't. Jimmy Stewart could.
1: You know, like Yeah, and he, I don't he, see he, I don't see him in it's a wonderful life either. There's something about that. I, I don't I don't see Cary Grant in it's a wonderful life. There, you know, Jimmy Stewart was really vulnerable in that film. Yes. I mean you that he just stripped down, you know, and desperate. Um and,
0: once again, it's like I don't want to take anything away from Cary Grant. One yeah. of my favorite Cary Grant roles, <clears throat> which is not a comedy, was Notorious. He's very unlikable. Yeah, you know, most you, of yeah. That film.
1: yeah. You like him in that for, for that reason. Yeah, he
0: really is. He's, he plays a dark character, even though he's on mm-hmm. the right side of the law. He mm-hmm. plays a dark character, I and mean, he gives Ingrid Bergman such a hard time in that film, and, and you feel for her. And but he's doing it all for a reason. And, you know, then you realize at the end when he comes and he saves her, uh, how he really feels about her. Uh, so a great performance, you know, great versatility. I almost think he, they probably didn't tap
1: into him enough. Yeah, because he, like he, was, he was so suave. You know, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, North by Northwest, it's a great spy film. It's a it's romance is in that. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much happening in that film. But, you know, he was smooth. I mean, he was like he was like he was the guy that everybody wanted to be. So I, I think that that's where Jimmy Stewart, I don't know. He's so relatable, you know, even today. I mean, I look at Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Wow. I mean, he just, I mean, you can tell he lost his voice uh, when he did the filibuster scene. Yep. You know? yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just think, I
0: don't think there's anyone uh, that can touch him. And I think he, he plays really every role you know, so well. You know what movie I had never seen on, until kind of recently, I think I saw it in that like, was Bell Booking Candle.
1: Oh, um, that's a cool film. Him and Kim Novak. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a neat had, film. I hadn't seen it until
0: uh-huh. yeah, you know, maybe a year ago. It's just one of those films that escaped me and I'm like, yeah, that was a fun film and he was pretty good in it. Yeah. Um, and you know it's like, how do you go from Vertigo the same year to doing that? Um it's just it once again just shows his just complete and, and, and utter versatility, you know, and, and a guy that's a leading man, a movie star that can carry a film um, no matter what it is. Uh, and just some of the Westerns that he was in, uh, Winchester 73, The Naked Spur, he's very intense in those films. Uh, and and he, you have no no
1: issue buying that that guy was, could play, you know, Westerns. Just so could we, So we could say really basically almost every genre he has – he's he was in a major successful film and on at least the major genres you know yeah
0: yeah i would say that that's fair
1: yeah i think if you use the major
0: the major genres you know then i think he he's definitely he's right up there he western really
1: drama comedy holiday classics he's kind of got a thriller yeah, suspense, thriller suspense yep. thrillers yep i mean he was really great in rope in hitchcock's rope Yeah. Yep. yeah he was really I mean, it's like I got, like I kind of wanted to see him play more characters like that. You know, um, we sort of get a little bit of that, you know, very, you know, detective quality and in, in anatomy of a murder uh, when he's the when he's the attorney. He's yeah, so,
0: he's so awesome in that, you know, and I just love sitting. He's sitting down playing the piano with Duke Ellington you know, in a bar smoking, a, you know, a cigarette in there and him and Duke Ellington are playing together. It's like it's great. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's not. and you know what? It's not my favorite. It's not, certainly not my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. But, you know, what? he plays Glenn Miller. He does it great. He doesn't do an imitation of him. He tries to, you know, kind of capture, you know, the, the sense of who he was. And and obviously, you know, it's close to the error uh, of when he played him. Uh, the Spirit of St. Louis, that's another one, you know, where he's Charles Lindbergh. And yeah, again, so he go. does it, he never does imitations, but you kinda like, wow, that's I guess that's Charles Lindbergh. I guess that must be Glenn Miller, you know. Uh, he, he also did, he he did the Stratton
0: story too, which is on the ballpark. Oh, lost that's his right. Arm, yeah, you know, that's so right. It, it's just, yeah,
1: that's another good movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So here's a guy that can play biographies. Yeah, I mean I yeah. just I um I really do. You know, you know, and I will say, you know, I had kind of my my list of people bubbling over too. Um and uh Raymoland was a pretty versatile actor too. You know, in his day. He was he was pretty good. He he was able to
1: play comedy, drama, thrillers. Yeah, he was. He he really was. He was an interesting actor. Yes. It's a very like you could look at him and not know what was going on. And I don't know, maybe one of my favorites, you know, other than The Lost Weekend. He's obviously I mean, that's a that's a really cool film. But uh, I would dial him for murder he's just he's a scoundrel but yet the way hitchcock plays it you know it's 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 like you're almost rooting for him and yet you know you're I not know, that, that's how <laughs> sick,
0: that's right? how sick hitchcock is it's like you, <laughs> we're supposed to hate these people yeah. anyway, this guy yeah. is is elaborately planning to kill his wife and <laughs> and part of you kind of wants him to get away with it and it's like Mm-hmm. How twisted is that? You know, he makes them likable in in this
1: weird sort of way. Yeah. So we should do. Maybe we should do a whole segment of character actors that you know are extremely versatile. And Ray Meland, he's he's right up there. You know, they don't get yeah, their due. But,
0: yeah. I mean, he, he was, but he was a leading man too. He, yeah, he was. he
1: was. He was able to be
0: a leading man. I um, I'd love to tease while we wrap up here um, that you wanted to do uh, kind of a show based on our, our favorite spy films. Oh man. Know, they favorite classic spy films I like have ones. a list
1: of them here I mean there's like I think I have like 10 ten, 10 to 12 of them Three, four, okay. four five yeah. six 7, you, 8, nine you're gonna yeah. have to narrow that down yeah you're gonna have to know it down. it's tough it's really tough uh yeah
0: I I'm very excited to do this but I, I need to do um, I gotta do a little research because I'm I, I've been going back and forth on a few of these I'm, and then I'm saying to myself okay is that a spy film? what constitutes a spy film so I'm trying to
1: well there's because, spy espionage
0: detective kind of intrigue I'm trying I'm trying to stay away from detective I don't because I feel like that's that's separate I'm really you know trying to think of kind of spy espionage I'm trying to keep it in that vein that's what I'm looking for
1: well there's a lot of films that fall into that category you know I mean I think I think like almost every one I picked Falls into that category, kind of. Okay. So it's, but it's hard. I mean, like, uh, uh we'll narrow it down to a, three,
0: maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I can do that. I'm gonna try to narrow it down to three. I was, I was hoping I'd get to five, but maybe I can get to three. Um, uh, so I look forward to doing that. Um, in fact, I'm gonna watch one of these films, uh, you know, probably tomorrow just to be sure. I want to be like, yeah, I think that's my pick. So, anyway, uh, this was really fun doing uh, versatile actors um it was neat for me too to you know hear some of your picks and i didn't think of them right away uh so that was good that was good i think yeah, it was funny we picked barbara Stanwyck and and fred mcmary yep yep two people that are you know associated with each other and, um you know henry fonda like i said literally i mean mm-hmm. earlier today i was like no nope, henry fonda that's my i'm going with that uh so anyway thank you so much for checking us out here on the uh bergman brothers broadcast we I hope you loved it films. yes Um, And check out TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Um, And you'll see some of their stars of the month and get to see some of these wonderful, versatile actors. And uh, thank you and have a good night. Thank you. All right. Welcome to another Bergman Brothers broadcast. We're actually doing a podcast. We are two real brothers. I'm the younger brother, Lawrence. And uh, across the pond... It makes you sound more romantic. You're across the pond. Uh, my, my older <laughs> brother, Jeffrey. And uh, we are two huge classic movie fans, uh, two huge fans of TCM. That's why we decided to do this thing. And uh, I mean, just our whole lives, we've loved classic films. We do. That's a great answer. Wow. That was great. (laughs) And I really like how you got into detail. That was really, (laughs) that was really great how you did that. Um, So like you were saying, we're huge fans of Turner Classic Films. And, you know, one of the things that I love about uh, TCM when they do, you know, the star of the month and you get to see, you know, like this huge spectrum of films. That, you know, that star of the month did, you know, so you get to see them in all kinds of
1: movies. And you know what today they did? A, they did. They didn't do a star of the month today. Um, they did director um, and it was Billy Wilder and Jack Lemon, you know, where they do these little these just really cool little vignettes. And it was just amazing to hear, you know, like an actor talk about, you know, a director that he worked with. You know, that's good. I don't even know when they. When they got Jack Lemmon to do that uh, for probably GSM. before he died. <laughs> <had> take... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, folks. Yeah, I... good night for today. Yeah, <laughs> good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, no, got I, I <laughs> Billy Wilder, my God! I mean, we could do a whole show on him alone. I mean, what an amazing career for a director—unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it was. It was very, very cool to. Uh, to, to see that, you know, uh, and but, but that's what I was saying. It was really weird when he said, This is Jack Nicholson for TCM. And like, I, I mean, it's been around for, you know, a while, TCM, you know, so yeah, I think it premiered in 94.
0: So yeah, you're, you know, it's coming up on its 25th anniversary. Uh, Hopefully, so cool. they got something big planned for the 25th. So this got me thinking, you know, when you get to see the star of the month and you get to see all the films they've been in. Uh, how versatile some of these actors are. And I said to you, you know, why don't we do a show uh, just around like the most versatile actors who our picks are for kind of the most versatile people. I got to tell you, I had a really hard time with this.
1: I changed. And we did not discuss this. Am I right? We no, not at all. We have not talked about this. So I don't know. I don't know who you're going to pick. I mean, I could, I could maybe guess. Do, I mean, are we going to do like two or three, or?
0: I think. Well, you know, I I, I got. It I have two, to three. three. Okay, I did
1: three. You did three, um, um. which is fine. You know, it doesn't
0: it, it doesn't have to be so rigid. Um, yeah, I have no idea who you put. You could pick Carpo Marx, which would have been a weird <laughs> guess, but because <laughs> he was pretty much similar in everything. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I just I had such a hard time. And I don't know if you did like I literally two people I had on my list that I took off. OK, you ready? Just so I can tell you off the bat. I had Cary Grant. I knew it. I knew Catherine it. Hepburn on my list, but I took them off.
1: OK, well, so now I'm now I'm, I'm done because Cary Grant was the, that was the one I picked the, the number one pick for you. I figured you'd pick him because I know you love Cary Grant.
0: I do. You're huge. You're a
1: huge Cary Grant fan. So you um, got rid of him. I who'd did. You pick, who'd you pick, John
0: Wayne? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was versatile, but not that versatile. <laughs> no, no. I went with um. All right, so I'll go with my number three pick here, and and I, you know what it is? I didn't think of him right away, and then something hit me, and I was like, "Oh my God, how did I miss him?" Like, he really did a great, uh, just a great series of films and all kinds of films. Henry Fonda. Um, you picked Henry Fonda, yeah, because.
1: Oh my God, who are you? We <laughs> never talk about Henry Fonda. Like three times in our whole life, we talk about it.
0: I, I can't. I, I can't change my mind. All right, I can't. Put, put somebody new. I realized that when I thought of the movies that he's done, uh, you know, I think of movies like, uh, of course, obviously, Grapes of Wrath. Great dramatic performance. Um oxbow incident which is like a great you know that's a great movie as well too um and then of course his last film on golden pond um and then he does a movie like the lady eve which he is so funny in that's the preston sturgis comedy with barb Stanwyck. he's hilarious in that movie he's really funny he played comedy well and then i think of him in once upon a time in the west where he played the character frank well, I don't and know it that movie that. I don't is, know that movie that well. It is the he is the darkest character he has ever played. He plays so against type in that. And I mean he's a killer, you know, and it's Sergio Leone film. And he's he's fantastic and he's absolutely like chilling in it. And I just realized I'm like that guy, you know, kind of floated a little under the radar. But he he was right there. He just made such a cool series of different films. I saw him in a movie called The Male Animal, which was kind of funny. He played a college professor, and it was, it was a funny movie. and He was really good in it. Uh, Olivia de Havilland it, it was in it as well, too. And How do you not
1: mention 12 Angry Men?
0: I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, It just goes on. And, and then you know I love Singer. Failsafe. He was great in Failsafe. He's great in uh, Advising Consent. He's great in that movie. It's a great political film. He, I'm just saying, like, I think I needed some time. And then I was like, Henry frickin' Fonda. That's my boy. So wow. That's my, that's, that's my number three pick. I'm, well, you uh,
1: snuck, you snuck up behind me, I mean, with that one. That, I never would have thought you would have picked Henry Fonda. But think wow. about it. But think about it.
0: <laughs> it makes sense. The guy had a really cool, varied career. The guy could play westerns. The guy could play drama. The guy could play comedy. Yeah, like he really he just he's just somebody I don't always think of, and then I I realize I do like him.
1: Yeah, I think because maybe um, you know that was I think that was it after uh, on Golden Pond, right? That was his last. Yes, film. yes. Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, he doesn't have that. You know that one. I mean, Grapes of Wrath is. Yeah. I mean I you know, that's still, that's still considered, you know, a, a great movie. But I don't know if, you know, if he's got that one film, you know, like that one Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing that, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Clark Gable, you know, I don't know how many Clark Gable films, you know, the average person, you know, that's a TCM fan can name, but I don't know that I can name more than five or six, you know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a half a dozen, you know, off the bat right away, I could. With Henry Fonda, I think it's a little, it's a little tough. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, am down with that. He, he really is, uh, he's really versatile. You know, he can be really intimidating, mm-hmm. you know, scary, cold, um, and uh, but you know, I, I, Twelve Angry Men is my favorite film he's ever done because he was, Basically. he was, he was like a leader in that, and yet he was really, he was kind of sensitive and vulnerable and empathetic in that. And that you know, it's a really neat neat role.
0: Yeah, I, I totally. Um, and I'm, i and I don't want to put down his performance in On Golden Pond because you know I think at the end it was a reward, not an award, for a really good career. And they were like, you know, oh boy, we better give it to him now. Uh, but his performance in, in Twelve Angry Men, yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely, completely overlooked. Should have won. You gotta uh,
1: say, a man is innocent till proven guilty. It's the word guilty. That's That's the Henry Fonda word. If you want to do it, let's hear you do it. Go ahead. Guilty. There you go. There you go. I'm not
0: going to even try. That's it. I'm not
1: (laughs) going to try. So who else, uh, who do you got on your list? Well, I, I, you know, I went with two people because I picked one person that's a movie star. And then I picked somebody that is, was a movie star, but, but you think of as a character actor. So let's go with the movie star. You got a guess?
0: You, you know it's, me pretty well. Uh, it's probably I, I'm thinking it's going to be my number one. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Stewart.
1: You you would be wrong. Ah, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I was I was going to go with maybe Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, because they are incredibly versatile. But I got to say, Jack Nicholson is my guy, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going, to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I know he's not. You know, doesn't have movies from the 30s, you know, uh, and the 40s. Obviously, he comes a little bit later. But I do have to say that this guy has has been able to play roles, uh, you know, that are I mean, he's a leading man in, in Chinatown. He's a leading man in something's got to give, uh, you know, um, he is. One of the cuckoo's nests. Yeah, right. I mean, that's he won an Oscar for that. I mean, The Shining, Batman. I mean, he plays the Joker, and you know he had a ball with that. And like that, I think made people look at him a little bit differently when he did the Joker. I mean, The Witches of Eastwick. You know, Um, this guy, he 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 really could do so much. And then, of course, I loved him in Hoffa. I think that's kind of like an underrated film, I have to say. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's Terms of Endearment. I mean, there's so many. So By many the way, do you that- want
0: to laugh? I really just I, – I literally – he was on my list. He was one of my people because I remembered – I thought of all the great dramatic roles he did, and then I'm like, oh, my God, he was so funny in Terms of Endearment. He was yeah. like such welcome comic relief in a very heavy movie. <laughs> and he was really funny in
1: it. Yeah, and you know when he plays it, you really, I mean, he plays empathy really well and he's he's flirty, you know, but I mean, he is. He is scary in a few good men. I mean, and 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 the other reason I picked him is because I mean, pretty much anybody will know most of the I mean, he's got some of the most memorable lines. You know, I mean, his his breakout film maybe you could say is easy rider you know yeah and then five easy pieces with the you know the the lunch counter you know the 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 um, oh, lunch yeah. scene you No, know, hold the hold the toe hold the chicken salad you know i mean that's like that people know that people know a few good men you can't handle the truth um you know and which is and of course the shiny here's johnny I mean, he's got some of the most memorable lines uh, ever quoted on film in hollywood so yeah i think he's he's definitely my pick and he's a movie star and you know sometimes movie stars kind of get pigeonholed where they're you know they're more leading men types and they play the same I mean Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino are extremely versatile but I pick Jack Nicholson I think because he plays nutballs you know he goes he really goes outside you know but then he just plays these adorable kind of cute quirky romantic roles in these cute rom-coms he was you know he was funny
0: in that movie um Oh, my gosh. Was it Meryl Streep? Heartburn?
1: He was Heartburn. pretty funny. Yeah. He was funny pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Was funny. I mean, I even enjoyed him in Mars, Mars Attacks, you know, when he, he was the president, you know, he, yeah, just over the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fun. Fun. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um. So now the other the other one I picked. Well, hold I'm, on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
0: Hold on. Save it, save it, save it. Oh, okay, okay, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. So we'll go back. We'll trade. Yes, yes. I broke, um, the, ru-
0: I broke the rules,
1: folks. Yeah,
0: yeah. Please settle down. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's a great pick. It's a great pick. He, he really was on my list. And I just, I waffled on him too.
1: You couldn't um, handle it.
0: That's right. Yeah, why. I couldn't I couldn't handle it. That's right. It's so bad. Um, I ended up going with um,
1: George Rag. I, I was George doing,
0: Raft. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> George Raff was half-dimensional. He wasn't even one-dimensional. How he did he get
1: offered every role in Hollywood? I mean, <laughs> he was offered the role of Jezebel, and he turned it down. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> he really You know who else a pretty bad actor? He was popular at the time. Uh, it was George Brent, uh, Warner Brothers. Just not a good actor. Oh, wow. And he was in a he lot was, of films. Did tons of movies. Yeah. And oh, my. you watch him today, and you're like, wow, this guy just – could not. I mean, he was, you know, good looking and dashing, and I guess that's all he had to be. Um, so let me go to my second pick. I was trying to think of a of a really great actress. That's why I said I, I was close with Catherine Hepburn. I'm like, oh, Catherine Hepburn's really she's kind of right there. She's a great but, pick, you know, she a but lot of I, comedy. But then I went, No, you know what? There's I don't know. There was something that just wasn't closing the book on it. And then I went, you know who was incredible. And she's another actress that you know I was very famous, did a lot of great movies, um, and she's kind of right at that top tier. She's kind of right under, you know, the Betty Davis, the Katherine Hepburn, the Joan Crawford is Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck, Oh, Barbara Stanwyck, yeah, incredibly versatile actress. I mean, think of her, you know, she plays the ultimate evil femme fatale in *Double Indemnity*, just awful. That's my favorite role. That's and it. And then she plays the vulnerable, you know, invalid wife in *Sorry, Wrong Number*. Once again, the Lady Eve uh, that I mentioned with Henry Fonda, she's great in nope. that movie. Um, she's even – you ever see the movie Christmas in Connecticut? That's a really cute film. It's a nice holiday film. Um, and then, of course, even later roles. That's the thing is that she was able to play like in the Big Valley on television. And then she did the Thornbird. She was really great in
1: Very that. commanding, you know. She yes. had a
0: commanding presence in those films, yeah. Yeah, and just you know, really made tons of really cool film noirs, Some of them, you know, low budget. Some of them a little bit higher budget in the in the fifties. She just was a really great versatile actress, um, and like attractive, but not overly attractive. And I think that's probably what helped her too, is that she wasn't like distractingly good looking.
1: Yeah, she wasn't uh, strikingly g- gorgeous. No, to distract, but distract, Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good pick, I have to say. I think maybe she's maybe even a little underrated, again, because, you know, she doesn't have these, you know, enormous, you know, uh, yes. you know epic-type films. But, yeah, that's a good pick. Wow.
0: Yeah, I, I just, you know, she does get, you know, overlooked. I, I think when you look at just, and she just kept making movies and movies, and she made so many films. Uh, she made even a lot of interesting movies in, like, the early 30s, the... uh pre-code films that she was in you know before they they instituted the code of, you know of morality and all that nonsense uh, she just had a really interesting career Stella Dallas was one of her classic films and classic roles so you know definitely someone that 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 was able to play a lot of different roles yeah she was overlooked. like I mean yeah. it was
1: like you know we, between her Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. uh, Betty Davis I mean she was like the strong woman, you know, I mean, yeah, Betty just didn't have a great,
0: I don't know, Betty had a hard time with comedy. Um You know, <laughs> she just was not, you know, she was, wasn't was a knee slapper when you were watching her. I mean, she
1: was kind of funny in, um, you didn't find that scene in whatever happened to baby Jane.
0: The... and <laughs> Well, well, see now there, now there she was kind of funny because she was camping.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's so really kind of,
0: you kind of la- yeah. laugh a little bit at it, but yeah, she just never, Comedy was never her real thing. But um, there you go. That's it. Barbara Stanley.
1: Oh, that's a great pick, Lawrence. That's really good. Uh, well, it's funny. We did not pick the same second pick. But yet, in a way, it's very connected. Because I picked Fred McMurray. And they were in double, obviously. So uh, that they were each other's uh, co-stars. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, Fred McMurray is, is, you know, I mean, they, they refer to him. Is was the everyman, the guy next door, yeah. very straightforward. People said that, like, that was Fred McMurray. Like, he, he was that guy. And there's this great story that Billy, Wild, Billy Wilder tells. Uh, he couldn't, you know, the, everybody turned down the role of Walter Neff in Double Indemnity. They just didn't want to play a murderer. Um, and they just think that that was going to be great for their career. So he came to Fred McMurray. And... He he just does his imitation of what Fred McMurray said. He says, no, please don't do that to me. I, I can't. I, I, j- I just can't do that. And he says, and, and Billy Wilder says, you 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 can't do it. You're going to be wonderful. And uh, you have to do it. And you, it's going to be great, you know. And, oh, I, I didn't know you did Billy Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I always finish with Billy Wilder in my stand-up. <laughs> and kills him. <laughs> uh, but he did it and he was amazing, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, so he definitely played against type because he, you know, he was in all those rom-coms, those, you know, light comedies with Cla- Claudette Colbert, the, yeah, the, the right. egg and I, and Paulette Goddard and, you know, Carol Lombard. And he wasn't a threat to those, those big Hollywood, you know, uh, screen legends. So they loved they loved playing opposite Fred McMurray and he didn't want to ruin that image. That was his, that was his bank playing those kind of light comedic roles but anyhow, uh yeah, and so That's an interesting
0: and, pick, yeah. I mean, he had such a long career. Yeah, a really long career. And 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 the other
1: thing is, you know, after that, you know, then of course years later, Bill, Billy Wilder tells the second story that he he um he originally had um uh the role was was uh, of uh Mr. Sheldrake, um the you know, the uh the the uh, the manager, the executive in the apartment. Um There was an actor that um, I just can't remember the actor's name. It'll come to me. He he had a heart attack and died just a few days before the filming. So he didn't know what to do. So he said, ah, Fred McMurray, he's the ever man. He, He can do it. I know he can do it. And he went to Fred McMurray and he says, I've got this role for you. You know, and here it is about, uh, you know, uh, a boss, an executive who's having an affair. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's like Fred McMurray says, please, I can't do that. I, 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 don't, I, I can't play that kind of a role. I, I just don't want to do that. And, of course, he convinced him to do it. And he did it. And he did a great job. He's awesome. Yeah, at, he is. He really is. He's so yeah. cold. He's so kind of cold, you know, and, and just cool in that movie. So, yeah, he played that movie. And then, of course, he goes to – and oh, and then he said to – he said to Billy Water, he said, I can't make that movie. He says, I'm in, I have a contract with Disney. I mean, I'm the absent minded professor and the shaggy dog. And so people knew him, you know, for all those lovable roles uh, with Disney. And like he didn't want to play that role, but yet it just made him that much more of, you know, a versatile actor. Had he, had he not done those films, you know, I don't know. People would have never thought of him that he could play the heavy. But I guess, you know, there's a story that goes around that a woman saw him and said, you know, in a restaurant and said, you know, oh, you, yeah, you're you Fred McMurray. And he said, yes. And she said, I loved you with those shaggy dog and absent-minded role professors. But I, I took my daughter to see you in the apartment and I hate you. Shame <laughs> on you. You know, and like he never again took any heavy roles again. <laughs> but, but there you go. It shows you how convincing he was. That's a, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick. I, once again, he's like somebody I don't always think about you know I, you know he's he's a fun actor to watch um and he usually does play it pretty light um and i think that's why you're so kind of blown away by his performance in And, Double he, just, and he, he, really,
1: made the, he made it look easy i mean a, a role that he's not it's not a primary role but in the cane mutiny you know he's got a really cool part in that movie and he, he just, does
0: he does and you you really
1: He's like a weasel. He really is
0: a weasel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, yeah. It's like, wow, what a great uh, what a great casting that was for for him to be in that, you know. Um, So, yeah. And then, of course, the other reason that kind of fascinates me is he's one of the actors. This is I realize is another segment, but he's one of these Hollywood actors that just his career just kept going and taking off. And, you know, eventually he's like the highest paid actor in Hollywood, but they say he brown bags it, you know, to the studio, <laughs> you know. Just oh, yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. He was really like an old school, you know, very down to earth kind of guy He was paid big money, uh, you know, in the 40s. And yet here he, he goes on to be like one of the most successful, you know, television, you know, dads uh, in the 60s. And in, in my three sons, he goes, the, he goes right into the. He's in the golden age of television, and uh, in *My Three Sons*.
0: No, it's 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 an amazing career. I mean, the, the idea—it just shows you, you know, that he was
1: truly like an everyman. People just loved him. Yeah, I you don't know. Even, I don't even know that we could name anybody. Maybe Barbara Stanwyck, uh, actually, you know, because she was uh, she went from a enormous movie career to doing television. Yeah, yeah,
0: very successful, obviously, in TV. Yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, I mean, some of those people, I think, listen, they saw, you know, okay, this is where it's headed, you know. They get these good roles. They're getting paid. It's consistent work. They're still out there. You know, why not, right? Uh, you know, and Barbara Stanwyck, you know, everything I've, I've read about her, she just wanted to work. She was restless. You know, she just needed to work. And that's what she loved. She loved yeah, work.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny, in those days, I, like you can, you can, you kind of sort of understand like they actors were afraid, actresses who were afraid to take certain roles because the public had a difficult time separating, you know, the, the movie persona with, you know, the person off screen like that. You had to be really careful roles that, that, that you would take, you know, where, as I think, you know, as, as, as we got, you know, into the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, I think actors and actresses, you know, they took on more parts, it didn't really matter as much, you know, mattered, but, you know, but, you know, you could take a role that, you know, you could take a role of somebody that, you know, uh, was a mental patient, you know, and you, you'd still be looked at as, you'd be looked at as a great actor, like, wow. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, uh, Fred McMurray. Nice. Nicely done. I'm going to give you some props on that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take that.
0: Once, once again, I, I, I would not have thought of that. I mean, my number one pick, and I already said it, and I, I just think he's just untouchable, is just Jimmy Stewart. I just don't think there's anyone that covers the ground <clears throat> as well as he does. And my arguments are, you know, I'm just going to name some films. You know, you have Philadelphia Story. He, you know, he, he's hilarious. In that one's an Academy Award. Then, of course, It's a Wonderful Life. The, uh, the most iconic performance, you know, in a holiday film ever. People are watching it, you know, 70-some years later vertigo which is really he's he's very creepy in that film i mean by the end of the movie he's a guy that's lost his mind he's completely he's he's out of his gourd um then a movie like harvey where he's he plays a guy that's a little off balance you know and thinks he sees you know a a huge life like rabbit um then you've got a movie like winchester 73 which is a really cool western Um, And then called Northside 777, which is a really cool kind of half documentary film noir piece, which I love. Um, And then a movie that you introduced me two years ago, which I've always liked, The Mortal Storm, which, you know, one of these early films that takes on, you know, the the rise of, you know, the Nazis. Um, And then of course, just all the Western and the anatomy of a murder. I'm sorry, I almost overlooked that. That's one of my favorite performances of his.
1: I love that movie too. I love that Anatomy of Murder. That's a gr- It's a really neat movie. It is. It's mm-hmm. a great, and, then, not,
0: and then I didn't even mention Rear Window. I, I just, you know, and then he made a bunch of fun comedies in the 60s. Um, he just, I, I I just don't think there's anybody that really covers the ground that he does from Western to comedy to drama, you know, to thrillers. Uh, I, I I don't I don't see anybody um, that did it as well as he did you know and I love so now
1: what what film do you think incorporates you know everything where he's a little romantic and you know he's he's um, I mean we you didn't mention Mister Smith goes to Washington there's so many movies of course, that, he made that are like, so I, iconic it's 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 just, uh, it just it's, it's crazy uh, yeah. um, what, what's you know, the film you think that people like when they think of him most like is there one film? You it's think... A Wonderful Life, I think, Cast. I,
0: I, I just don't, I, I think because of, you know, people are still watching it every year. Uh, and people are rediscovering that film. Um, you know, they, it, it, it's hard to really go up against that. You know, when, when you're in, you know, one of the most, if not the most iconic holiday film ever, I, I, I think that's the one that people go back to the most. I'm not saying it's necessarily my pick. Um, but I will say that you know when you just watch him in that movie and don't think about everything else that movie means, he's incredible in it. It's an it's an incredible performance. You know, it's vulnerable. He's lovable. Um, you're rooting for him. Uh, you know, you're scared for him. He's he's very intense at times. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just a really great performance across the board. I know you love Rear Window, and I think that's obviously a really awesome, all-encompassing performance as well, too. You know, he's funny at times. Um, he's doing it from the confines of a wheelchair and still makes it interesting. You know, it's a great performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, there's, there's, and I don't think anybody that, that loves classic films could could uh, go into battle with you on, on that pick. I mean, he's, he's pretty amazing. I'm just trying to think, like, what's the film that, like, it, it has everything? I mean, it's, it's almost like every single thing It was written – you you can't imagine anybody else doing it. Like, there's great – I mean, like, Cary Grant was, like, amazingly versatile, but, like, I could never see Cary Grant, you know. Maybe maybe I could see him in Rear Window. Like, I could see him in Rear Window. I could see him in the cast, you know, being very jokey. Um,
0: But Cary Grant really couldn't play Western. That's the thing that's – you know, he just couldn't. Jimmy Stewart could. You know, like yeah, and you, I don't you, see I
1: don't see him in *It's a Wonderful Life* either. There's something about that. I, I don't I don't see Cary Grant in *It's a Wonderful Life*. There, you know, Jimmy Stewart was really vulnerable in that film. Yes, I mean you, he's just stripped down, you know, and desperate. Um, and I, once again, it's like I don't want to take anything away from Cary
0: Grant. One yeah. of my favorite Cary Grant roles, <clears throat> which is not a comedy, was *Notorious*. He's very unlikable in yeah, most you, of yeah. that film.
1: Yeah, you like him in that for, for that reason. Yeah, He
0: really is. He's, he plays a dark character, even though he's on mm-hmm. the right side of the law. He mm-hmm. plays a dark character. I
1: and mean, He gives Ingrid Bergman
0: such a hard time in that film. And, and you feel for her. And, but he's doing it all for a reason. And you know, then you realize at the end when he comes and he saves her. Uh, how he really feels about her. Uh, so it's a great performance, you know, great versatility. I almost think he, they
1: probably didn't tap into him enough. Yeah, because he, like he, was, he was so suave. You know, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, North by Northwest, it's a great spy film. It's, a, it's romance is in that. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much happening in that film, but, you know, he was smooth. I mean, he was like, he was like, he was the guy that everybody wanted to be. So I, I think that that's where Jimmy Stewart. I don't know he's so relatable, you know, even today, I mean I look at Mr. Smith goes to Washington wow, I mean he just I mean you can tell he lost his voice uh when he did the filibuster scene, yep you know yep uh
0: yeah no i I just think I don't think there's anyone uh, that can touch him, and I think he he plays really every role, you know uh, so well, you know what movie I had never seen on until kind of recently i think i saw it in that was bell booking candle oh um, that's
1: a cool film him and kim novak yeah, yeah. that's a,
0: that's a neat had, film i hadn't seen that till uh-huh. you know, maybe a year ago it's just one of those films that escaped me and i'm like yeah that was a fun film and he was pretty good in it yeah um was, and you know it's like how do you go from vertigo the same year to doing that um it's just it once again just shows his just complete and, and, and utter versatility, you know, and, and a guy that's a leading man, a movie star that can carry a film um, no matter what it is. Uh, and just some of the Westerns that he was in, uh, Winchester 73, The Naked Spur, he's very intense in those films. Uh, and and he, you have no no issue buying that that guy was, could play, you know, Westerns. Just so, could we,
1: so we could say really basically almost every genre he has – He's he was in a major successful film and at least the major genres, you know. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that's fair.
0: Yeah, I think if you use the major, the major genres, you know, then I think he he's definitely, he's right up there: westerns,
1: really drama, comedy, holiday classic. He's kind of got thriller, thriller, yeah, suspense, thriller. Yeah, yep. I mean, he was really great in Rope in Hitchcock's Rope. yeah, yep. yeah. He was really. I mean, it's like I, like I kind of wanted to see him play more characters like that. You know, um, we sort of get a little bit of that, you know, very, you know, detective quality and in, in anatomy of a murder uh, when he's the when he's the attorney. He's, yeah, so,
0: he's so awesome in that, you know, and I just love sitting. He's sitting down playing the piano with Duke Ellington you know, in a bar smoking a, you know, a cigarette in there. And him and Duke Ellington are playing together. It's
1: like, it's great. Yeah. Um, and it's we, not, and you know what, it's not my favorite. It's not, certainly not my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie, but you know what, he plays Glenn Miller. He does it great. He doesn't do an imitation of him. He tries to, you know, kind of capture, you know, the, the sense of who he was and, and obviously, you know, it's close to the error uh, of when he played him. Uh, The Spirit of St. Louis, that's another one, you know, where he's Charles Lindbergh. And yes, again, he doesn't he never does imitations, but you kinda like, wow, that's I guess that's Charles Lindbergh. I guess that must be Glenn Miller, you know. Uh, he, he also did, he he did the Stratton story
0: too, which is on the ballpark Oh, lost That's his right. Arm, yeah, you know, that's so right. It, it's just, yeah,
1: that's another good movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So here's a guy that can play biographies. Yeah, I mean I yeah. just I um I really do. You know, you know, and I will say, you know, I had kind of my my list of people bubbling over too. Um and uh Meland was a pretty versatile actor too. You know, in his day. He was
1: he was pretty good. He he was able to play comedy, drama, thrillers. Yeah, he was. He he really was. He was an interesting actor. Yes. He's a very like you could look at him and not know what was going on and I don't know, maybe one of my favorites, you know, other than The Lost Weekend. He's obviously I mean, that's a that's a really cool film, but uh, I would dial him for murder. He's just—he's a scoundrel, but yet the way Hitchcock plays it, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's like you're almost rooting for him, and yet you know you're. I not. know that, that's how <laughs> sick—that's
0: right? how sick Hitchcock is. It's like we are supposed to hate these people. They're, yeah. Anyway, this guy yeah. is is elaborately planning to kill his wife, and <laughs> and part of you kind of wants him to get away with it, and it's like. Mm-hmm. How twisted is that? You know, he makes them likable in, in this weird sort of way.
1: Yeah. So we should do, maybe we should do a whole segment of character actors that, you know, are extremely versatile. And Ray Milan, he's, he's right up there. You know, they don't get yeah, their due. But,
0: yeah. I mean, he, he was, but he was a leading man too. He, yeah. He was. He was, able, he was able to be a leading man. I, uh, I'd love to tease while we wrap up here um, that you wanted to do uh, kind of a show based on our, our favorite spy films. Oh, they man. Are, they are classic spy films. I so have please. a list
1: of them here. I mean, there's like, I think I have like 10, 10, 10 to 12 of them. Three, okay. four, five, yeah. six, seven, yeah. eight, nine. You're yeah. going to have to narrow yeah. that down. Yeah. You're going to have to narrow down. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, yeah. I, I'm
0: very excited to do this, but I, I need to do, um, I got to do a little research because I'm, I, I've been going back and forth on a few of these. I'm, and then I'm saying to myself, okay, is that a spy film? What constitutes a spy film? So I'm trying to...
1: Well, there's because, spy, espionage, detective, kind of intrigue. I'm trying I'm trying
0: to stay away from detective. I don't, because I feel like that's, that's separate. I'm really, you know, trying to think of kind of spy, espionage. I'm trying to keep it in that vein. That's what I'm looking for.
1: Well, there's a lot of films that fall into that category. You know, I mean, I think, I think, like, almost every one I picked falls into that category, kind of. Okay, so it's but it's hard. I mean, like, uh, uh, we'll narrow it down to uh, three, maybe. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't even know if I can do that. I'm gonna try to
1: narrow it down to three.
0: I was I was hoping I'd get to five, but maybe I can get to three. Um, uh, so I look forward to doing that. Um, in fact, I'm gonna watch one of these films. Uh, you know, probably tomorrow, just to be sure. I want to be like, yeah, I think that's my pick. So, anyway, uh, this was really fun doing uh, versatile actors. Um, it was neat for me too to you know hear some of your picks and. I didn't think of them right away, uh, so that was good. That was good, I think. Yeah, it was funny we picked Barbara Stanwyck and, and Fred McMurray. Yep, yep, two people that are, you know, associated with each other. And, um, you know, Henry Fonda, like I said, literally, I mean, mm. earlier today, I was like, nope, Henry Fonda, that's my, I'm going with that. Uh, so, anyway, thank you so much for checking us out here on the uh, Bergman Brothers broadcast. We hope podcast, you loved it. Films. Yes, um, and check out TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Um, and you'll see some of their stars of the month and get to see some of these wonderful, versatile actors. And uh, thank you, and have a good night. Thank you. Bergman Brothers Broadcast. This is our weekly podcast here where we are two brothers who love classic films. We love TCM, Turner Classic Movies. And uh, we decided to do this podcast just out of our love for each other, out of our love for classic movies. And uh, we got a dilly this week
1: Oh, boy. Uh, that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We do. This was, uh, this was really tough for me to pick, like, my two or three favorites, because there's, so there's so many good spy films, and then there's honorable mentions, I think. Well, How did so you, you... You, just gave
0: up, you just gave up what we were doing. You, oh. you just went right into
1: it. See, I'm, I wouldn't make a good spy. <laughs> no, just
0: <laughs> coughed it up right away.
1: I just gave it up. Interrogation, yeah. uh, I spilled the beans.
0: Just the first degree. <laughs> didn't even get to the second or third degree. First degree came it. No up. resistance whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> well, well, yes. So you you had emailed me this idea, and uh, I was like, yes, definitely, let's do it. But I. I had some questions, but I didn't want to ask those questions until we talked about it a little bit. So now, obviously, we don't know what films we're picking, our favorite kind of spy espionage films. Um, so my question was, you know, the person in the film doesn't, or the protagonist doesn't necessarily need to be a spy, right? Like, there could be spies in the film, and and there's definitely espionage in the film, but you know, that that's where I kind of got thrown on this. You know, the wow. protagonist does not need to be a
1: spy. That's how I thought of it. No, I don't think so. I mean, because there's so much, you know, trickery, you know. Like, sometimes we don't we don't know who... Yeah, we don't... We, you know, sometimes we think the antagonist is, is the antagonist, and then they turn out to be somebody else, you know. Yeah, I just... You know,
0: a lot of these movies that I was looking at, ones that I really like you know, there's an espionage or kind of spy, you know, part to it, or even a big part to it, not necessarily the protagonist. So sometimes, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and, the, and it's not such an easy genre to identify because yes. sometimes, you know, thriller doesn't necessarily mean a spy film. Of course it could be a drama thriller, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. No, so, and so, I, and I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I, um, and I gotta
0: say, it's one of the few genres, I think, in my opinion, That still is holds up well today. Meaning, they still make good spy films. You know. uh, Oh, they do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Bourne films. Totally. Uh, um, And of course, the Mission Impossible films. You love those, and they're really entertaining.
1: Yep, they're tremendous. Uh, Yeah, location shots are great. They move really fast. You know, so holds your interest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a genre that they're still making. I think quality films today with did you have an easy time like selecting mm-hmm. like ones that are your favorite and were they your favorite? Did you just, did you like it because it's like it's a Picasso and like you're supposed to like it? No, if, no, you know, okay, no. Okay. You really, I, I,
0: I, you know, maybe one of, one of my picks might be obvious. Definitely one of them wouldn't be, it's just a personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, okay. And that, that's, it's just one that I always enjoy viewing. Um, you know, so, I love the concept of the the wrong man, you know, who's thrust into a world of espionage. Uh, You know, this innocent person, man or woman, uh, hashtag me, too. I don't want to offend any women, Um, you know, (laughs) that uh, it's just they're thrust into this world that, you know, they never expected to be thrust upon. So how do they deal with it? You know, and that that's such an interesting uh, plot line for me. And I'm a sucker for it and hitchcock did it i mean it was like every hitchcock film was that uh starting with the 39 steps going up to north by northwest all those films are just about this innocent guy who suddenly gets thrust into this crazy
1: world and it's kind of cool because the innocent guy is the guy that's relatable generally to the to the audience totally so that that makes you just like well that could be me it could be me if i go to a foreign country that could happen to me
0: exactly Exactly. I, I, I could be thrust into a world of espionage and I would fail
1: miserably. I, I just I would get yeah.
0: everyone killed. It's so it's and... so
1: true. It it, it oh, it's really true about Hitchcock. I mean, even when I think of like the man who knew too much with Jimmy Stewart and Dark yeah. Day and like you know, Jimmy Stewart was uh well, he was a doctor, I think, and uh and there he was, you know, thrown into like this whole giant intrigue and an assassination attempt. Not necessarily your a, a traditional spy a film. But nevertheless, that, that meets the, uh,
0: the meets the criteria? Yeah, Good. it
1: totally meets the criteria for mm. uh suspense, okay. but yet, you know, uh, <coughs> but yet, you know, regular guy, just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah.
0: So one of one of my favorites is directed by Fritz Lang from nineteen forty four. And Fritz Lang obviously German. He'd escaped from uh Germany, you know, during the rise of the Nazis. You will be
1: sent to the Russian front.
0: Thank you, Schultz. Yeah, uh, vote And uh he um that <laughs> had a profound effect upon the movies that he made. Um so I picked this one from nineteen forty four, Ray Miland, Ministry of Fear, is one of my favorite wow. long man gets thrown into a world of Nazi spies and espionage. You know, simple plot. Well, I shouldn't say that really. He's a mental patient who's uh let go from an institution for supposedly killing his wife but he really didn't um she was terminally ill and he was going to give her poison to put her out of her misery and then he decided not to and then she ends up committing suicide with the poison so he's kind of wrongfully convicted i guess but he's released he's let go and he ends up at this carnival and he he guesses the weight of a cake correctly and the cake has these nazi secrets in it this microfilm and he has no idea he takes the cake with him and suddenly everybody wants this cake and all these people are vying to get this cake from him. It's almost comical in the sense that the cake is used as a device. Um, but he is just thrust into a world of this Nazi spy ring and trying to out these people.
1: I have not seen this film, I have to say. Wow. Yep. Well, you, got, you got me on this one. I haven't seen it. When we're done, hang
0: up and watch <laughs> the film. Um, it has all the film the war elements, too. It's very dark. Um, and, you know, of course, the war is still going on at this time. So you feel the war. It's a really cool flick. You know, it's it, it's mystery. It's thriller film noir. Definitely spy. Definitely espionage. Um, and it, it it's just kind of a neat flick. It's not one that, you know, is probably on everybody's radar. It's probably not even considered one of his best films. But for some reason, I am just a sucker for it. Every time I see it, I watch it. I own it. I love it. Um, so there now, now,
1: now, just to talk, just to reference TCM for a minute, do, have they run this uh, on TCM? I believe I have seen it on TCM. Oh, yes. cool! Wow, that's awesome!
0: Um, that's great. So next time it's on, I'll let you know. Wow, Ministry of Fear. Yep, cool. check it out. I
1: uh, would not have thought uh, you you got me on that one. You know, if we're if we're gonna go with three, I mean, I, I have.
0: You three. can go with more. I'm. I'm gonna, yeah. If you're having a hard time, that's fine
1: yeah i'll make some honorable mentions when you know at the end but i I, well this was uh, hmm. (laughs) you know the first one i'm gonna go with uh is maybe my favorite partially sentimentality Uh, it's it's gonna be a james bond film and i'll I'll give you if you want to guess you 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 can uh Fun. no,
0: no, I don't take away your thunder go for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh gold finger yep, that's the one yeah, I mean I'll tell you what here's here's how i i I arrived at this uh in kind of a, in a roundabout way because when you know you think of spy films there's i mean there's there's like you said there's the mission impossible there's the board legacy there's uh you know the spy who came in from the coal, the Ipcress file uh, you know, there's uh, The Third Man, The 39 Steps. I mean, there's so many. But what I started to think is, what about the spoof films, you know, that were made on spy films? Austin Powers, and then more recently, Melissa McCarthy, she starred in the movie The Spy, which I just thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. But, you know, it's almost as though Goldfinger has become, it's like two genres. It, it, be, it was the you know, considered one of the greatest, you know, James Bond films, but yet it's now kind of like almost a spoof in a way because it's a little campier uh, than it was, you know, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, the film, when it came out, there was a lot of humor in the film and, but yet You know, with the car, you know, the James Bond, Aston Martin, which I, you know, I mean, I had the little model when I was a kid. And then you've got the James, the John Barry score. Great songs, great music, great title song. And then you've got like one of the great villains, Gerd Frobe, uh, Pussy Galore. I mean, it's it's very cartoonish.
0: By the way, I've read that he didn't speak any English.
1: Oh, and that it was all phonetic that he had to. (laughs) Yeah, well they tried. I mean they tried, but you couldn't understand him. So there was an actor that they had to dub his entire performance. It's it's amazing. Like it, you know it, and it's great. I mean, you know, it's career. My favorite line in that movie. Uh no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. fantastic. Great line. It's a little... <laughs> Whoever delivered it did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that kind of that fills the whole thing for me because it's your it's it's one of the great spy films, but yet yeah, it's also a spoof. So it it takes itself not too seriously, but it's fun. It moves. I mean, the location shots are amazing. You know, I love
0: that he tried to cheat him at golf, and then he still won.
1: Right? <laughs> that was, yeah, it's one of the best. Parts right? Of the movie. He out, he, Al cheated him. You know exactly. So it's exactly. Just, it, it's it's. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be my all-time favorite, you know. Anything else is just, uh, it meets all the criteria for, you know, humor, intrigue, and, you know, silly, silly uh, villains, you know. I mean, he's like, I mean, he's been parodied by so many, you know, animated oh, shows, yeah, course, you know. So, yeah, so that's my first pick.
0: Well, um, since we're on that line, I wouldn't have probably, I was going to move this up, but since we're talking about that, I'll go with mine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's from Rush with Love. It's mm-hmm. always been my favorite. Oh, yeah. fun yeah. Yeah. Goldfinger is really kind of probably a close second for me. Um, but from Rush with Love is just like where it was all coming together, you know, where Dr. No was really good. Uh, but they were still kind of working it out a little bit. And then by the time they made Rush, Rush with Love, it, just a year later, it was just – it was incredible, you know. So the movie is exciting; it's fun. It wasn't over technical with all the gadgets. There were a couple of cool gadgets, like his briefcase, which I love—the exploding briefcase. Um, but you know, it, it, it's it's exciting. It, it's you never know what's going to happen next. Great villains once again. We get to see Blofeld for the first time, just petting the cat. Um, Rosa Klebb, played by uh, Lottie Lenya, is. Awesome villain, fantastic, uh,
1: and I almost think that she was like when Austin when they made when Mike Myers made Austin Powers when he created the character of Frau Fabissina, you know, oh, I, totally right. I mean, that's like that comes from very right,
0: and yeah. So and it, you know, there's some real subtle, I, I wouldn't even say they're that subtle when you watch it, um, you know, uh, kind of references that she's a lesbian, um, <laughs> she places her hand on the on the girl who, you know, is the protagonist, the Russian spy. And you could tell that it's very creepy the way that she does it. Uh, so it's very interesting. They kind of snuck that in there. They didn't want to hit you over the head with it. Um, and by the way, I do think the girl who is the uh, the spy who ends up turning good, obviously, she's, I think, the most beautiful Bond girl ever, in my opinion, of all. The, and wow. I think her name Daniela Bianchi. You know,
1: and, Wait, and you she know was, we, we could do a whole show on Bond girls. You we, know? Could. We, we could, we
0: could, we like, we really could. Um, <laughs> and I would enjoy that. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but yes, yeah, she just I think is absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, that movie's just great. Yeah, Robert is, Shaw is
1: in it. Uh, he plays. The Robert villain. Shaw. See, that's easy to do. Robert Shaw. All you have to do is just close your mouth and just talk and bear- out of the side of your mouth like a parrot. Do you, the slight Irish she, accent.
0: do you remember when she puts the um, brass knuckles on and hits him in the stomach? Oh, to see if Oh, man, yeah. When,
1: when, she, when he's outside working out, <laughs> yeah, she meets exactly. him. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. love that, love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think um, that I don't want to take anything away from Golf. Well, you, you know,
1: speaking of that, from Russian with Love, honestly, when I very first saw it, it has the scariest open. And like part of me wants to give it away, but it's the coolest opening. It's a I great opening it's yeah. a, it's an amazing opening you know cuz you're like what well, what's going on what totally so i mean for anybody that hasn't seen it it's worth it just to see the first 3 minutes yep it, it's really cool yep no i, I agree and, and you know all
0: these years later you know i mean daniel craig's doing a great job as james bond the movies are very
1: entertaining
0: oh totally um,
1: in, in fact you know that the, uh, skyfall is the pick for the best spy movie in the James Bond franchise. You know, people review it and they say it's the best. And I have to say, I think it is, it's good.
0: But, yeah, yeah, it,
1: it, know. you that's... know, he, he like, he meets a lot of the physicality and, you know, he certainly has the darker side of James Bond, but I just, you know, it's really tough to beat Sean Connery. Well, I that's mean, it's
0: the thing about Connery yeah, was,
1: is that he was able
0: to, he was able to play kind of funny and loose, but also He kept it serious when he needed to and was intense when he needed to be. And, you know, where Roger Moore could be too loose at times and, you know, not convincing enough on the other end of it, Connery is just the best. You know, Daniel Craig kind of lacks a little bit of humor,
1: um, but he plays, you're right, the darker, intense bond really well. Yeah. Plus, in fact, too, you know, I mean, the fact that it was made uh, Goldfinger in 1964 the Russia with Love was 63, right? It was the year before, yeah, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. How they got away in the censors with John Connery saying, pushy. I'll I, never. I,
0: I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I really don't know. I, I don't know how they got away with that, but pushy, I, I,
0: pushy, pushy, I You just don't know. Like, how did that happen exactly? <laughs> and he just, I mean, I would have loved to have seen the
1: the takes <laughs> on that
0: oh, i'm sure i'm sure they had a good time yeah. sure they had a good time hey so anyway.
1: sean could you give us that one again the sound yeah. it was we didn't get the sound on that <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah no uh from rush with love
1: uh, that's a great pick and i know, you know that's always been one of your faves if not totally indeed. yeah yeah so that, that's a great pick <clears throat>
0: thanks i appreciate your support and agreeing with me <laughs> yes <laughs> it's much
1: easier that way when you agree. <laughs> i have low resistance this time of night
0: uh all right so uh keep going what else do you got on your list here
1: well i don't know i'm gonna maybe this this might throw you but i went with three days of the condor with robert redford and fade nah, way.
0: it doesn't throw me it's it's always been a huge huge one of yours
1: yeah. plays joe turner oh man and I just, you know, my, I think my favorite line from that film is w- when he's in a cafe, when he's in a little diner, and there's a guy sitting next to him. He says, well, what do you do for a living? And he says, I read. He says, read what? Yeah. Everything. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, he worked for uh, the CIA, and yeah. he was, uh, you know, CIA operative that was a reader, a researcher. And um, it's, again, this movie... The opening of this movie is so cool that um, yeah. it, again, it's like whoa! It, the action is really great. the The, the villains in it are n- they're not so obvious, which is what I really like about this film. Um, you've got uh, Max von who yeah, he's great. Oh, he's he's unbelievable in it. And I'm not going to say whether he's the villain or not. And you have Cliff Robertson, yeah really terrific in it. Uh, Bay Dunaway. You know, has uh, not as large of a role, but yet big enough. And, you know, she she definitely had something really cool to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I think the only weak link
0: in that film is her, frankly.
1: Well, you know, she was, of the, great... she was of the it's time, not... you know, um, it's just so... not a great role. Yeah, it's seen. not a great role, you know, but she's she's compelling enough to watch, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was a um, good actress. Yeah,
0: I just feel like that, the role was not a great role. But yeah, not other not, than not... that. That's a really great film isn't
1: that a great you know and it's you know again it's got that 70s you know feel to it and then again i have to say it's a sen- sentimental pick for me it was the first r rated film i saw like dad dad took me to see that film with with uh with uh friends of ours you know mark, really? mark art and mark levin and dad and i the four of us went to see that film in 1975 so i'd be 15 i was a little bit underage to see an r rated film
0: that was Man. your first R-rated
1: film. That was the first R-rated film that I went to in a movie theater. Yeah. Oh,
0: do you know what mine was? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoa. Well, whoa. Well, Leave hold, it.
1: Wait a second. Wait a minute. I did know we're getting go, off topic. Did you go with your friends or did no, you no, go no? With... Mom, mom
0: took me. Mom oh. took me.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Was it when we went to see The Shining?
0: Yeah, the three of us. <laughs> that was your
1: first R-rated film.
0: What? A... She should have been like literally. I should have been taken away from her. Um... <laughs> Department <laughs> of Social Services should have taken me away. Like, yeah, she I don't even know if I was, to,
1: to the delinquency I, of a serious or Were you seven, nine?
0: No, I was a little. I was probably eleven. Yeah, but it it was pretty intense. You know, it oh really my was. god, it's super scary. <laughs> and it's I, I just I'm not sure if her judgment call, but you know. I think what it was is because she knew I like scary movies. Not that we want to get off topic here, so she thought I'd be okay with it. But uh, that's you no. Know, the three yeah. days in the was your
1: first R. Oh yeah, that's my first yeah. R rating movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was really. And there's another little side note to it too is that when Robert Redford opens the door to the, the, the agency, uh-huh. he's on a he's on. It's like a brownstone. It's kind of cool looking, and he's at the top of the steps, and they have a, a low angle shot where you can where he looks maybe a little bit taller you know and he's he's wearing a navy peacoat and i remember dad our father who was in the fashion industry saying you see that that is going to be a big seller this year he's going to make that that coat sell and man it was like i had a peacoat like and they they were all <laughs> in the department stores it was like a big thing side note but uh, again, he's really, it's one of my favorite.
0: Did Redford produce that? I know he produced you know, a lot of movies um, in the 70s. I,
1: I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to check on that.
0: I'm not really sure. Didn't <clears throat> he produce uh, All the President's Men? Listening? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and he yes. produced a couple other films. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was curious if he did. We'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great movie, a great pick. Um, I think I'm just gonna go with this pick. It's a movie we both love. Once again, I think It kind of falls under that. The Towering
1: Inferno. No, no,
0: (laughs) it's not one we both love. Uh, It's uh, from 1976. It's from it's Marathon Man. Um, Oh, man. And I think I I I just love that movie because it it, once again, the 70s. So it has a grittiness to it that the 70s had. Um, and you've got a really great cast of actors. In there. You just do, you know, everybody from obviously, you know, William Devane. And William
1: Devane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth. Uh, you got Roy Scheider, of course. And then, you know, Dustin Hoffman and, and Lawrence Olivier. And, and, you know, I know Olivier is considered one of the great actors of all time. And I've watched, you know, a fair amount of his films. And I mean, I, I get that he's good. But when you watch that movie, you're like, wow, like he was so compelling as Zell. And I just once again, it's that wrong man thrust into this world. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's it's really interesting when you see him, you know, in other roles, whether, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, like he's in the movie Sleuth with Michael Caine then he's in uh you know, when it, when it, it, *Withering Heights, you know, you always get the feeling like, wow, I'm watching like this great Shakespearean actor and he's a, he's amazing. But you just get that. There's that vibe that you get. But when like you watch him in this, you it's like an actor, you know, is is they don't want to you don't get so lost in the character that you don't know where your mark is. You don't know what you're doing. We're supposed to get lost in the characters, the audience. But it's like he became Zell. I mean, he came. I mean, like I thought that every single Nazi that was still alive looked like him.
0: Oh, totally. And just the way that he's washing his hands in in the scene, obviously, with the drill, um, just the way that he does that, it's it's so subtle, but it's great. It just adds to that character. And, you know, when he keeps asking, is it safe? is it right. safe.
1: Now what's one of your favorite lines? You just told me this a few weeks ago. We talked about this and it's it's not funny but we laugh at it. Um it's it's there's there's a somebody recognizes him. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, when on the street yes. on the street, yeah.
0: Yes. yeah. yes, I know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then he pulls out that wrist knife, you know, the switchblade and uh, yeah, no, just a brutal film, you know, and not a really very upbeat film at all. I mean, a very, you know, it's a very downbeat film in many no, ways. No, and,
1: and you know, I got to tell you what, it might be, it might be one of my favorite Dustin Hoffman films. He is, he, he does that yeah. role yeah. so well. He doesn't over play it. You know, there's a gentility about him. Um, there's a shyness about him. I mean, he's he's great in it. That might be one of my faves.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, it's uh, and it's neat to kind of see. You know, Roy Scheider and Dustin Hoffman don't scream brothers to me. Um, uh,
1: no, um, not at
0: all. But you know, for for those short period of time, it works. Yeah, it and, does work. You know, yeah. It's just really, it's a great film. I think. And you know who else is
1: in that? Who does a really nicely job is the uh, is the professor. Uh I believe it's oh, Fritz Weaver, right? Fritz Weaver, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yes. He's great in it too. Like every every actor that was in this, every performer w- was 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 really notable in that, you know. It's it's amazing.
0: Totally well cast, yeah. Just a great film and one that I still enjoy. So yeah, there
1: you go. Oh man, I was gonna pick that. But I went I went a little I went I went a little rogue on you, Lawrence. And I went with Steven Spielberg's Munich.
0: All right, so so see, that's
1: I love that film, and I didn't know we were going that modern, but
0: because that film was one that I
1: thought of, I love that movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I look honorable mentions for me, and I'll just do it really quickly. You know, is the end scene of the third man, the Thirty Nine Steps, the first Mission Impossible, which I think is, you know, maybe one of the best of the franchise. Argo, a more recent one, you know, for. Just on the edge of your seat. I mean, I just, it was, I was like tense and nervous uh, when I was watching that movie in the theater. But Munich is, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, I, I don't feel like I know what's going to happen, you know, and, and, and yet I kind of know the story, which is kind of cool. It's like all the president's men, we, can, we know the outcome. But yet the way the movie has got us moving in directions where we're not really sure what's happening from scene to scene and how it's really going to unfold so i just just, you know and the fact that you know it was it was an awful thing that happened you know uh in 1973 at the olympics you know in germany and and the very fact that you know they i mean you know the israeli government was was insistent on on getting the bad guys and they did sure Sure. They got him, you know, yeah, they got him. And, you know, so, and and the way Spielberg does the, you know, the, the movie, I don't know, I guess maybe I I like it because it's, it's very cinematic, you know, the, you know, everything is done in such a Spielbergian, just it's, it's larger than life, the color, you know, the, the action is it's very watchable, you know, Uh, is, you know, the 39 steps, Again, I I love that film, but it's 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 a little it's a little tougher to watch, you know, just because of how you know how old it is, you know, nineteen thirty five. Well, you
0: know, I I was watching it. It's funny, I was watching it the other night, and I was and I said, you know what, the this movie needs is a soundtrack, Um, because it's (laughs) all there. It's it's a great film. It really is, and there's a lot of really cool action. Um, But you know, a lot of movies still had not really incorporated or understood the impact that music could have on the telling of a story so uh and i think that was to come and it was still years to come so they were still kind of moving music in and out but anyway munich great film um and i think because it doesn't have big stars too that really exactly helps it. that helps it it seems more authentic um it adds the realism of, yeah so that's a good pick i um a couple of honorable mentions for me two films are really similar which was the house on 92nd Street and 13 Rue Madeleine um from oh, 1945 13 Rue
1: Madeleine that's a nice that's a
0: good film from 45 and 47 so yeah what i like about those movies is they're kind of these faux documentaries they're kind of half you know they they tell it in a documentary style but it's a narrative story and uh both of them are dealing you know once again with kind of the nazi spies and rooting out nazi spies um really entertaining films and that that documentary style really lends itself well to i think both stories um and it's a later role for Cagney and he's pretty good in it too uh he really is uh he's
1: I'm not, a Yankee Doodle Dandy
0: he doesn't sing that in this movie but he does he does it's in the exhibition <laughs> but he um but once again really two cool flicks that i think for those for those of you that you know kind of like that, not I've seen, have
1: to I have to revisit that again. It was just on about a year and a half ago, and I and I I, I liked it, so I have to see it again.
0: You should see the you House know? on Ninety Second Street. <clears throat> have you seen that one? Um, that's really good. You it, know, it's similar 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 style. Uh, told uh, in that half documentary. Who's in that? Um, honestly, there's nobody. The biggest star in there is Lloyd Nolan. I think it's not really filled with big stars. Lloyd
1: Nolan. Uh, oh yeah, he's great. Is Jerry Lewis in that?
0: Jerry Lewis is not in there, but Lou Costello is. So, <laughs> just he it's, yeah, it's, I knew there was a comic in there yeah, somewhere. There was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's a. Uh, but no, definitely worthwhile. Good, you know, if you like those kind of Nazi flicks. Um,
1: that's it. That's it's worth Wow, while. good, good pick. Well, I I don't have any more honorable mentions, but I do have to say. Just a quick thing about the third man. First of all, it took forever for me to get through that movie. I had not seen the whole movie. The soundtrack is like it's like it's like with the yeah, it's like yeah, the gypsy yeah. guitar. It drives you insane. It absolutely drives you insane. But the cool thing about it is, I love the ending of it. It's a great ending. It is. Um, it's really it's really fun. You know, if you can get there. I mean, it's just a long. You know, the movie's only it's not even two hours, but it just seemed longer than that but the one of the funniest things about the movie is Bernard Lee is in that film and he plays um uh he plays like an officer in the film and of course Bernard Lee would would go on to star in the 1960s in the James Bond franchises to be he was the character of M. yep right so uh, i thought that was kind of cool to see him him in that um and, yeah it's uh,
0: one of those movies where i saw it i'm glad i saw it
1: yeah um, that's how i but feel about it
0: for it doesn't compel me back again and again
1: yeah not really it would be on my clip reel maybe you know like i'd have to take a scene from it and say wow that's a really cool scene you know
0: um i mean it's fun when orson Welles does show up as harry lime
1: that yeah it's
0: fun and i mean joseph it. cotton is good in it i mean he holds the movie he holds it together um
1: and joseph cotton was a good solid actor yeah, um, but Joseph Cotton is, he is a good, but it's like watching Hume Cronin for like 121 minutes. I, I just don't know how compelling that's going to, you know. <laughs> he, 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 and and again, I don't want to get on Hume Cronin. He was a really good actor, but he was more of a supporting player, and wasn't right, a, right. a lead, you know.
0: Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I, I uh, like I said, glad I saw it.
1: Yeah, but it wouldn't.
0: It wouldn't way. make my final. Wouldn't make my final list. It really wouldn't. Um, I mean, and, and, and we mentioned at the beginning. I mean, you could mention any number of Hitchcock films. I kind of just wanted to step outside that realm a little bit. Um, I've always loved the movie Saboteur. That's a great film. It's a lot Saboteur, of fun. Another
1: Hitchcock film, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And of course, North mm-hmm. by Northwest and Notorious. Well, I had that
1: on there too. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I thought you were going to pick Notorious because no. you know you yeah. But I I don't know, but yeah, 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 I was, I kind of, there were some things I really, I really liked about it, you know, where I thought I, but didn't, it just didn't hit me in the top three. It just, it's not in my top three. Um, Now I have a question for you. I know this is our spy podcast, but our salute to spy film, but I wonder if I can make an, uh, um, an honorable mention today, because today is December 9th, 2018. It is the 102nd birthday of kirk douglas who oh oh, yeah is you know one of the great hollywood movie stars from the golden age of hollywood yeah he's 102 today and tcm was running oh man they were running uh, a a man with a horn and lust for life is uh sure you know vincent oh vincent van gogh (laughs) buy my painting just one (laughs) Just one painting I got to sell.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. Yes, yeah, so happy birthday, oh, Kirk. Happy birthday,
1: happy birthday, Kirk. Really. I'm, yes. I'm sure you're listening. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh well thank you that was very nice that you brought that up. Um, yeah, uh, and they yeah. they have been doing a, a nice tribute and uh, well deserved. There's not too many like Kirk running around. That's pretty impressive, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, we should we should do a you know a salute. Maybe maybe we'll do a b maybe we should do a podcast salute to Kirk Douglas. I mean he's done some great some great films. He really has. Yeah. I mean he's one of the only,
0: you know, classic actors, you know, left Olivia de Havilland another one is 102. Olivia de Havilland I mean an right? incredible Olivia career that she had incredible career
1: Totally Norman to, Lloyd yeah. just turned 104 in November
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: like like centenarians and there's there's a couple of more I think that are over 100
0: Yeah there's there, there's probably a few and then there's a few that are pushing it I know Doris Day is getting up there. I think she's 96 or 97.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was funny to see a man with a horn and to see the scene between Doris Day and Kirk Douglas. They're both alive. Yeah. You know, 96 and 102. How about, yeah, very few movies like
0: that. Uh, well, this was enjoyable. Uh, this was. A good pick for the spying espionage ones. Uh, check these out uh, as they show up on TCM or look up some of the picks. Uh, send in some of your own. Uh, and uh, we will be seeing you soon. Totally. Thank right. you, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Have a good day. Uh, hey, right, You too. All right. <laughs> Happy watching.
1: The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free.